Blog Talk Radio. West, West trading out here in the crazy wild, wild west of the blockchain and crypto revolution. Thanks so much to all of my great listeners. I truly appreciate uh, you guys joining in. And anybody that might have just found this for the first time, this is my first episode as well, too. And so glad to have you join and learn a little bit about this blockchain revolution, what blockchain means, what distributed hyperledgers are, why this might be bigger than just Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and people putting money in on it. Um, Today, I'll be joined with a fellow cryptocurrency and blockchain evangelist. His name is Drew Littlejohns, and he has a great podcast as well called The Altcoin Fool. Um, You can find him on Steemit, or you can do thealtcoinfool.com. We're going to be giving him a call in just a minute. I just wanted to quickly go over what we might be doing for our rest of our show formats. And it's pretty simple. Um, just looking for some listener feedback, what questions you might have, what topics you might want me to cover. Um, it's going to be pretty general to talk about how um, the blockchain revolution is affecting us in our daily lives. And I'd like to see you know, some ideas come from our listeners about influencing different industries and how this can be bigger than just poking that um, $20 trillion industry of the economic market that cryptos are currently doing. Well, it looks like Drew might be just joining us now. Let me see if I can bring him on live. Drew Littlejohns, are you there with us now? I am with you. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, brother. How's the beautiful California coast treating you? The coast is nice. I'm looking forward to heading over to the beach here in a little bit. Very nice, very nice. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining us. I did give a little bit of a just uh, a little introduction about who you are and, and a plug for the altcoin fool ad as well. But I thought you'd uh, <laughs> like to share with our our listeners a little bit about um, yourself. Uh. Sure. I have been in the crypto space for just a little bit, kind of like a long time observer, and just thought that it'd be great to finally get in. I was figuring as we were doing all this research, might as well let other people know. It, it seemed to be a big hit at cocktail parties and sitting around at the bar or going to a barbecue. So I thought, all right, let's let's just let's make this a like a full time, part time thing. So kind of kind of what I've been doing for the last month or two. It's going really good though. Really really happy with it. So yeah, that's, uh, a little bit about me. That's good. That's good. I feel like maybe that might be where a lot of our listeners and a lot of people are just kind of in motion right now. They've heard something about it. Maybe they're taking some actions. Um, Drew is an action taker. He has uh, made some some good investment decisions, and he's also really dove in on educating himself in the the space of uh, blockchain and crypto assets as we like to call them uh cryptocurrencies might be a little confusing still when we get in our broader definitions and i'm somewhat of the same way i'd say i've probably been educating myself in the space for for quite some time um about uh let's see here i guess just uh about three years ago 
I had the good fortune of coming across a major player in the industry, and he was an evangelist. Um, sometimes he has gone by, uh, I guess, been named the Bitcoin Jesus. Um, Roger Ver was uh, the gentleman that introduced me a little bit more to the crypto space and just how um, the utilization of Bitcoin um, was originally so envisioned, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, by Satoshi Nakamoto. I know you got it. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, so, he, so he actually made a real convert. He's, he made his money in Bitcoin and still preached it to you uh, personally, huh? Yeah, that's what I would say, man. I mean, it was something that I didn't get into um, being his friend by by that avenue. Um, we actually did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu together, uh, another you know great activity in life. But seeing how influential <clears throat> and seeing how the world could be um, affected by this brilliant idea and how Roger had um, kind of evangelized it and taken it to a point where, you know, he was one of the first large investors in this cryptocurrency space and, and bringing Bitcoin um, kind of a little bit more to the masses, I would say, than, and then it originally was and, and growing it faster than maybe um, some others could have being that he was such a strong uh, evangelist and investor. And I know he's influenced you too, uh, Drew. I mean, we both would, I would say, um, you know, what's your views on it? Do you kind of have that same libertarian view that Roger might have? Oh, absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I, he's got an interesting way of expressing himself sometimes. I, I appreciate what he has to say. I, um, I, I think that his vision for Bitcoin was, is is correct. I think that his decision to move to Bitcoin Cash is a. I think it's a good decision for the whole, the industry deciding to not. Uh, and I guess you're probably going to get into Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash at some point in time in your podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that not only bringing just the passion to the space, but also making sure to bring some long-term real economic vision. Uh, you know, he's a he's kind of a master at uh, libertarian economics and. It really brought a lot to, to the space here. So I, I got to ask you, Ryan, what yeah. do you think happened yesterday? So Let's talk about like, what actually what happened yesterday. Yeah. So the news I think what, that Drew's referring to so for some of our newer listeners is the markets definitely took a dive. Um, there was a uh, definitely some time. I feel that this is uh, not anything that's quite as new that the markets definitely do go down a little bit typically around this time of the year. But I think that there was a stir maybe a little bit more with some of the international uh, news that had come about where the markets are being affected by this global economy. And, and China has, has come down pretty harshly and some of their sanctions about how they want to affect um, um, and control, I guess I should say, maybe a better word, uh, the buying and the selling and the, the development of uh, crypto and, and blockchain assets. So, so for me, it's it's something that's uh, both a signal and both uh, something that we need to being a pay, paying attention to. Um, the signal that hey, you know, uh, economic markets are at the volatility of 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 what we would call you know the the, the people adopting it, and, and that's global adoption, whether they be in China or here in America. And, and people see those those volatile shifts because it's 
um, you know, there's so many changes going on across the globe that will affect this. But once again, going back just to the China thing, I think it's important to note that also on a positive side, because anything that China usually starts to ban is something that we should really be looking at. (laughs) Right. Like I've heard others say that too. And I'm in, (laughs) I completely agree. You know, like the Facebooks of the world and the Googles and all this stuff. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Why do you think it went down? What, what do you What do you think happened there? Uh, I, I I literally I couldn't have agreed with you more. Um, the only other thing that I read yesterday was this uh, kind of Mike Bell character. He's from uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, and he came out and he said, "Well, yeah, governments could start banning cryptocurrency." Uh, so, you know, remember uh, Jamie Diamond from uh, J.P. Morgan Chase came out last fall and was like, Bitcoin's a fraud. And then yeah, Bitcoin and took then a huge exactly. dump. Do you remember this? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, then in December, he comes out and he's like, well, maybe it's not a fraud. Right, so right. Now, since, so since the CEO of J.P. Morgan is, is now flip-floppy and nobody, he, he can't say anything anymore, right? So he sends out his, like, lackey to go out there and start talking. And his lackey's like, well, yeah, but no, governments could ban it. And so it's just kind of all that FUD, that, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt that gets kind of spread. So I think that what we're actually seeing is this, like, massive front on both sides. Here we have, who are the, who are the two people who don't want blockchain to work or are looking at regulating it? It's, it's banks. Chinese con- Ch- banks and Chinese communists. What do they right. both have in common? They're both control. fascist dictators. Like, yeah, yeah, absolute control. Yeah. So I think that when the two most two of the most controlling entities in the world are banning something, that means that there's a lot of freedom behind it that yeah. they don't want you to have access to. As as a libertarian, I laugh because. Yeah, everybody's going to uh, uh, – <laughs> these power-hungry entities hate blockchain. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, blockchain is the best way for them to control their population. So, uh, so really, blockchain should absolutely appeal to both sides of whether you're full-on libertarian and you want you know, no government anarchy or if you're all on the other side and you want to have a strongman dictatorship. Really, blockchain is actually the answer to both. I think that they're just upset that that the decentralized aspect of it got out first, right? Before yeah. they could make their own and then control the world whatever they're. Because you know the entire. Have you heard that this uh, the entire nation of Estonia is built on blockchain? Have you heard this before? No, no. Keep going. Okay, so two thousand. I don't know. I, I can never get these dates right. But if you look it up. I kid you not, the entire nation of, block, of, of Estonia has been on blockchain since the early 2000s. Like, oh, the, now, it, it, it's not a cryptocurrency, though, yeah. right? Because right. it's not a distributed ledger. It's not a, a tracking transaction. But the whole country, like their whole healthcare system, so if you edit something about your healthcare, it goes into a block, and then it gets updated on the blockchain. And then you have access to your – and they have the DMVs. So they don't have any physical DMVs there, right? You, you yeah. go in and you take – do your driving test, and then that's it. 
anything you now that now that you yeah now that you bring it up in that aspect i have heard of that example and mentioned it i think andreas Ananopoulos, who just for our listeners i know you you know about him but he's a big influencer in the bitcoin slash blockchain tech world where he's you know an early adopter and has been speaking um, at many events and has now gained quite a bit of traction um, to, to kind of disperse this knowledge about how, how it's, uh, it's a bigger vision than just the, the economic takeovers that, that Drew was referring to that kind of was the, the decentralization of, of currency or, you know, the non-fiat um, as we like to describe uh, government currencies as being uh, fiat issued that are off gold standard. So what, what it is, no is that, that this revolution, and kind of this is the, the episode one to kind of bring in the idea philosophically even to some extent about how this blockchain technology is way bigger, and, and, and that might be my, my cat you guys hear, um, way bigger than what is just going on with the economics of it all. Because I feel like there, uh, the, 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 the utilization or the utility of why we have this technology is, is, is grander than just being able to say, hey, you know, I've got something of value and I want to trade something of value with you. I think the barter system will exist in multiple ways and, and continue to exist in multiple ways. Uh, both local and and afar digitally, if you know what I mean, with the with the the swap markets and the flea markets to the to the place of you know uh, straight uh, you know shipping China goods to you know a small American company that is manufacturing you know uh, something of a larger product with those those smaller parts. So um, the economics of it yeah. all, I think. Are, are something that are a bigger picture. I know Roger gets into that. I know um, his libertarian side tends to um, dominate uh, that, 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 that motive, I think, of why he really is behind Bitcoin. I think he's, he's caused some division in the community uh, by, by, by being such a, a vocal you know, component or vocal advocate of that Bitcoin be a digital cash where it has like anonymity, which is why Bitcoin cash is around now. And he goes over the five pillars of the economics of why we should, um, you know, have it around before it's a store of value, why adoption needs to come first. Um, You know, whether it's Bitcoin um, that's adopted or Bitcoin cash that's adopted as a um, value exchange or peer-to-peer exchange as Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, which is the original conception for why we have Bitcoin and this blockchain technology around today. I think, and, and, and Drew, I'll let you kind of take over from here a little bit on your thoughts of this, that don't you think that this technology has just limit, unlimitless right now potential to grow into something bigger than we could even fathom or, you know, hopefully create in our fathoming? Yeah, I, I think that it has the potential to do unlimited good and at the same time has the real potential to do a lot of short-term harm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's, so here we go. So the blockchain world, the blockchain space, I looked at this, uh, this amazing, um, ICO. So for those of you who don't know, an ICO is an initial coin offering when a company wants to have their coin or their token 
go and be traded on exchanges, what they will do is they will sell a lot of, they'll sell their tokens uh, previously to be able to gain some capital so that they can uh, build up their company, right? So typically what they have is they have an introductory technology, and then they'll like also an IPO, have a like really, an IPO, sorts, but a little a little different. Exactly. Right? Okay, fair enough. Right. So it's it's like they'll, they'll have like a great tech layout. They'll have a, a two to five year long roadmap, and mm-hmm. then uh, you invest in it, but you don't you don't actually see where any of this tech is going. So I saw this great great tech. It was a it was getbab dot org b a b b or maybe it's getbab.com. Anyways, it was just this, I, I looked at it and it was like, it was a microfinance tech that was going to allow people to establish real world bank accounts with just their uh, like facial recognition so that they, or facial recognition and voice recognition so they could swap their fiat for crypto in this like uh, alternate bank account world so that their banking isn't separate from their because a lot of times you have to, it's hard to get your fiat into uh, digital and then yeah, from digital like into 3. crypto. 2, yeah, 3.2 billion in the world people are unbanked still. So, <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. So I thought this tech was really good. I thought that the concept of it was really good. I liked the fact they had patents. And then I went and looked at the team and I was like, dude. This is this is the it had all the signs that you you, you hate to see in a team. It you know it has people who are half the team is quote unquote a serial entrepreneur, right? This is like one of the biggest signs that you like stay away mm-hmm. from people who call themselves serial entrepreneurs. It's just it's Not just finished uh, I mean, well I don't know. Yeah, it's you just never you never it's it's it means right. that they Not don't have like, a direct direction in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's so good that you're like, you, like, so when we say these ICOs, and there's like a lot of them that are happening out there, thousands of them. And, and Drew's going through here talking about, you know, within this revolution, we have to do the due diligence to do our research here. That not all of them have the two to five year roadmap with the right team, with the best white paper, which is essentially like their, their like uh, patent or something along those lines. It, it's, it's something where that these um, ideas are, are plentiful, I would say. These concepts that people are bringing to market, um, as ideas and concepts can be, are plentiful. But yet, I think industry um, transformation, and in some cases, you know, complete industry, you know, um, you know, being revolutionized or being, you know, flipped on its side or you know, flipped on its back or something, because things like uh, this technology will eliminate, I think, some of the more traditional record-keeping, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, contractually based um, processes that are slowed down by people, so to speak, or, or or old processes. And that's why blockchain will change the entire world. That's why it's such an amazing concept that everybody has access to the chain, or the, the whether it's a distributed ledger, or whether it's you know, the, just the fact that you have this digital trust going around that, that is very hard to manipulate or hack. Um, you know, so, so at the same time, and that's why it's like blockchain's here to stay. It's going to change the entire world. That is, that's, that's a fact. Agreed. The fact that Agreed. you have Chinese governments and the world's largest banking systems on their knees, you know, like basically terrified of it is an amazing right. thing. 
But then again, there, and then there's a lot of the, the kind of the short-term kind of swindlerish kind of things, which is one of the reasons why I look at this, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So one, one of the things actually to, to talk to this point exactly, so one of the things that happened yesterday was BitConnect. You ever heard, did you hear about this? Oh, that, that oh. scam has been on for quite some time. Right, but yesterday it actually dumped all the way, it dumped 80, 90% of its coin value down to 24 A lot of people lost on that, but it it needed to go away. They actually, true, but to be be fair to the BitConnect crowd, they actually did refund everybody their money who lost it. Did they they, really? It was kind of a Ponzi in that case where you took, you kind of got in somebody underneath you and they got their money and that's how I understood it. So it was always a kind of a, a, a wee, 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 you know, warning alert, right. you know, for me. Like, <laughs> I was like, but, no, no. And then mean, you hear these people like, so like I'm on YouTube a little bit as well too. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners are, some aren't, you know, but there are some just random like people that get like, like like a hundred twenty thousand k views that are like yeah message BitConnect now it's one of my top five for two thousand and eight you know like it's not going away it's your best profile pick and you know like I'm all about diversifying profiles and I guess now would be a good time for a disclaimer that not a financial anal- analyst not, not, not a financial, financial analyst. <laughs> We are not giving financial advice here, but we are also saying that there is some bad financial advice out there, and we're going to go ahead and call it out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's why I don't say yeah. Yeah, you don't invest in. Well, I don't. I don't know. You know, I'm not investing in any coins or tokens. I when I when I invest personally, it's because mm-hmm. I believe in a technology. Because that way, when it dumps, I don't get really upset. Because I know that I'm in the tech for the long haul. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So like, I've like got I, my, I, I got my favorite players. You know what I'm saying? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm human. I got my coins that I love, and I got my tech that I love, my people that I follow, and, and I'm all about yeah. it. You know, yeah, and, you're an Apple and that's, and I, I, Android person sometimes. There's the separated crowds. Yeah, I think you know you, you can't really be a, a Ripple person and a Lumen person. I just I don't see I don't see anybody. Those are two of the the primary. Uh, kind of new banking platforms that are coming out. One's open source and one's more closed source. And so, you know, do you that is the that is the best example of Apple, Android, and the coins in the in the the ICO space or the right. um, altcoin space. Uh, and, and Drew, and Drew is our, our our resident altcoin expert for this show as well too, because um, even though I stay on top of the the technology and kind of the the industry shifting ideas that I think are are best, uh, Drew is very hands on on putting um, investments in these companies as well and seeing how. Uh, you know, these exchanges and marketplaces allow that to grow and should rightly so as far as I'm concerned, because you are investing in something that's a good technology or something you believe in to be a good technology. And um, you have the, yeah, you have to. It's like the same thing as the early Amazons or the, 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 the early Facebook offerings where, you know, these companies go public for a reason. They, they, they want to grow larger and scale quicker. So that's, one way that ICOs um, have chosen to do that as well, too. Um, I think that they, they will continue to do that. I think that the space is barely being scratching the surface right now of how 
this will affect it. Um, I do have another buddy that I'll, I'll bring on a, a later episode too, who's kind of looking at the stock market and seeing which companies are bringing about, you know, blockchain um, tech and, and, and offering it, you know, in a, in a, in a public, you know, NASDAQ or, you know, uh, you know, current, you know, familiar exchange format <laughs> now that our markets well, have speaking, gone completely. <laughs> speaking of Roger so, Burr, actually, he is, he is an advisor to a company that is publicly traded in Germany. Right. Called the, Na- called the Naga coin. Naga coin? Anyways, mm-hmm. N-A-G-A. Uh, I read the tech a while ago, and I read what they're about, and, and I thought it was interesting. I signed up for all of their kind of newsletters. If you go on to most of these companies, you can actually sign up for their newsletter announcements, and mm. it, it's the easiest way to just you kind of just follow up. You just sign up for their newsletters. They put them out like once a week. You just do a quick little brief overview. You know, that way, that way you know when uh, – you'll know when something's going to be coming out. You know, you'll know when a new tech is going to be released because those announcements, uh, those announcements are huge. You know, actually, speaking of announcements, bro, so I'm, I wish that we had gone to Miami. that Bitcoin conference. Yeah. I would, mm-hmm. I would kill to be in Miami right now. Yeah. I'm going to be streaming actually, some of it like, be, Dude, being there – while the market is doing what it's doing, you know, I heard that, uh, oh, which company was it? IOC? Yeah. I heard that IOC is going to make a big announcement at the conference. And these, the annou- these conference announcements, these are huge. I mean, yeah. you'll see companies completely spike right after all these, these conferences happen. So oh, especially yeah. right That's now, people are going to be, are gonna be clinging. Yeah, the, yeah, people it's are kind of like a to every bit. You know? What yeah. what what is it that you're looking to get in on exactly? Is there anything like uh, specific? Uh, nothing that I know of right now. The only one that I've heard is going to make an announcement is IOC. Um, okay. But okay. whoever else is going to uh, make any other announcements, um, IOC they uh, they have their own platform similar to Ethereum, and then you can build on top of their platform. And then that's called a, a Dions, D-I-O-N-S. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the value of that tech is versus, say, Ethereum or uh, building on top of Stellar. Yeah, each, each one of these things, it, to be, so your listeners can understand. I don't know if you've explained it to them yet. No. The value of being able to build on top of another blockchain. So you have a token that's built on top of a coin, Right. So you have the coin that kind of everything is transferring through that coin, like Ether. <clears throat> but then you have these kind of tokens that are built on top of it, like a Ripple is a ERC-20 token, uh, Lumen's a token. So, uh, I, uh, so ION, or sorry, IOC won some global economic award in September for their technology. And then they actually haven't released it to the public yet. So they want an international economics thing. So if that tech actually gets released, it could be a big deal, especially with everybody just clinging to some glimmer of hope right now. You could see a lot of movement way faster right. than um, – but maybe by the time – I don't know. By the time this gets up, maybe the announcement's already happened. But, hey, at, <laughs> at least we called it here first, right? 
Yeah, right. That's what I'm going to say. So, yeah, being that my first episode might take me a little bit to get this up, I'll, I'm going to try to be expedient as possible in that process. But, yeah, yeah. So the conference is going on, you know, January 18th and 19th out there in Miami. The, it's the North American Bitcoin Conference. They kind of, you know, do Bitcoin, blockchain, ICOs, um, all of the above that we're talking about here. Um, some of the stuff that we get into may be a little deeper for some folks, maybe a little um, surface level for others, but nonetheless, we'll do our best to try to explain it on, on kind of the both levels there because it's good to dive in a little deeper. And it's also good to, I think, take that higher philosophical route and kind of draw back to, you know, Hey, why is it that Drew's saying, you know, that, you know, things are built on top of Ethereum, which is the next largest economic, um, you know, uh, environment next to the Bitcoin ecosystem there. And, and it's a, it's a similar, um, uh, technology to, to Bitcoin in the sense that it is based on a blockchain. Um, but it is, um, not similar in the sense that, um, Ethereum is based on a different, um, some would, uh, most would call it a greener approach to, keeping these ledgers immutable and secure and th th making sure that the data is unchangeable. Um, Ethereum is based on a, on a proof of stake model where Bitcoin would be based on a proof of work. Andrew, I know you probably know this, but just to share the details, the proof of work yeah. goes through long strings of variables of num numbers and letters. And finally, the computers are able to guess the answer. And it takes a lot of electricity to do that because only a computer could guess that much that often. And then the proof of stake model goes into w more of that token aspect where you're holding the key yourself and the, the computer has the ability to only access um, just giving you given that key rather than having to guess through lots of them. So, um, Drew, would you want to add anything to that? Does that seem like a fair, um, accurate uh, presentation of those two? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so then I would say so the bigger economic principle or the the bigger philosophic principle behind like a stellar or like a ripple ripple and like for just for this case let's call stellar because it's based on the Ethereum platform and Drew and I are big supporters of that as that platform as well too. And it, I think it comes about because of the reason of like fungibility, you know, like being able to distribute more of these um, coins rather than a more sacred, let's call it token or something, which would cost um, more per, you know, each transaction to move it around when maybe you could have, smaller coins as a compared to just for the fiat example, a paper dollar. Um, Drew, can you expand on that or how, explain how you see it maybe as well too, so that we can kind of flush this idea out. Um, how I can explain. Like uh, the reason we have stellar and not just Ethereum. Okay. So here's how I understand it. And I, I, I could be a little bit wrong. It's, I'm still kind of really kind of grabbing hold of it, but here's the way I look. Right. We're all, and just for this point, we're all kind of learning this as we go. <laughs> you know, this is all new tech and no matter who you're talking to. Yeah. So I think you have Ethereum, which is the bottom. And Ethereum is this big, giant, kind of bulky, think of it like the Titanic. It's this big ship and it's moving information. But 
Ethereum doesn't really process microtransactions very well. So you, your cup of coffee that you want to buy at the grocery store, Ethereum is not a very good way to do that. It can only handle, you know, six, I think it means eight to 14 transactions per second. So a yeah. good perspective yeah. of that is Visa, which, can, which, which handles right around 100,000 transactions per second. Right. So, exactly. but, that, but that's okay. So you could have Stellar that can process, I think Stellar processes, you know, I don't know, 100 or 200 transactions per second, maybe more. Let's just say it's 100. Well, you could lump 100 transa- like Stellar transactions into one of those transactions per second for Ethereum. So now all of a sudden you're getting 100 transactions on one of those 14 per second because the 100 are actually referenced within the Ethereum chain. And so also, and then you could have something built on top of Stellar. So Mobius, which is a decentralized app, a DAP uh, program, they are built on top of Stellar. So you could do 100,000 Mobius transactions into a couple of those Stellar transactions and those go into the Ethereum blockchain. So, each one is further referencing down the, the, to make sure that it's all distributed. There's a reference point. So you could go to that Ethereum block and then you could go to within that block transaction six and within transaction six, you're going to see the hundred thousand or the hundred stellar transactions. You could go to the stellar transaction, click into there, and then you could see the 50,000 Mobius transactions. So that's where you get to the hundred thousand transactions per second so much easier. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love it. I love how we dive down that rabbit hole right there. Because <laughs> truly, if you think about it, that's what a global economy is going to take, right? Like Visa, mm-hmm. Visa tried to go global. They're, they kind of are. MasterCard kind of are. These are, these, are, these are reasons for, you know, straight economic, you know, takeovers and something that is a value trading system that, that, that we, I think, all desire. You know, we, we want to be able to send our money to buy what we want, no matter where it is or no matter how it is. And, and, and that's the way that we've seen the world shift with online shopping growing at exponential rates. And, and with, uh, you know, as long as there's the, the UPSs and the FedExs of the world, um, I think we'll be able to only see that grow uh, exponentially. And so kind of looking oh, at it dude, from, yeah. right, yeah, like, and Drew knows this, uh, and Drew, just for some of our background, for our listeners, we've both been in the internet marketing space and both seen the power of the Amazon and, you know, gosh, I think Jeff's now like, you know, the, 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 the richest guy in the world, uh, Jeff Bezos, the, the, the CEO of Amazon. And so it's just a matter of, of, of staying, you know, with the simple ideas, I believe that, you know, as humans, we want to have these basic, you know, instincts of, of desire and, 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 and fulfillment and, and service. And those all kind of combined into a value trade system. And then it's also kind of this relevant, you know, time dispensation that we're in where we're saying, hey, look, we have this little small period of time we're living in right now where something is bigger than like what could be the internet per se, because the internet was big in its own regard and granted like, you know, uh, blockchain technologies right on the, the protocol of the internet, but they are a fundamentally different use of, 
of that uh, distributed network of technology that allows people to, like you were saying, Drew, almost uh, earlier in the show, have an ability to re- like shift industries because of this immutable, changeable, transaction, fungible, all the pillars that we would want in something business-oriented blockchain can help bring us. It, it can de- develop um, programmatic languages that allow contracts to be delivered along with payment. It can yeah. um, take your, your, your very simple, you know, um, you know, a penny can't get smaller than a penny, but a Bitcoin can get, you know, to one one millionth of a size. So the fungibility is there, you know, the, the exchange. Now, how do we hold on to it? How do we use this technology? You know, when is it going to become really like, just like our visa card? Well, visa is a digital form of currency. Uh, It could easily adopt into uh, a Bitcoin card or a digital altcoin card. Um, There was a simple step and just a company coming up with the the products and the materials to manufacture. So all of it is already there. I think we're just on the cusp of of, of adoption. And and how that will go um, has been quite a a wild ride already, huh? Wouldn't you say, Drew? Just just in your short time, even you've seen the markets go up and down. And and even in my little bit of a longer time, I've seen them grow way, way up (laughs) and then now come down a little. (laughs) You know, I've... I love it. Personally, I yeah. mean, look, I was telling this to a guy who does uh, my podcast the other day. Like, this is fun. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the roller coaster ride isn't fun if you're only going uphill all the time. Like, it's, it's the downward swings that help to give some perspective. It's an exciting time to be alive. And, and going back to what you're saying about, about blockchain, um, Blockchain is to, it does sit on top of the internet, but the value of what made the internet amazing was the world wide web, right? Right. What we're talking, yeah, what made it amazing wasn't, I mean, because the internet, right, quote unquote, had been around since almost the early 60s, you know, like late 60s. Like it's the ability for one computer to talk. Packages and email and all kinds of stuff, yeah. Absolutely. Not, you know, but, it, but the idea of a web browser, now that changed everything. And so, like, right now, the banks, the ability to transfer money and all this stuff, like, that's great. That's, like, basically at the level of what the Internet was before the World Wide Web. Blockchain makes it so that all of a sudden anybody can have a website. Blockchain is like the WordPress of money, of digital right. money. All of a sudden, anybody, anybody can have their own website. Anybody can have a digital currency. Anybody yeah. can create value if they want to get popular enough to create their own store of value and whatever it is that they're doing. You know, uh, so yeah. Tron, <clears throat> Tron, actually, they're one of their whole big platforms. Uh, Tron's traded at TRX. They've had some real fun swings. If you haven't been on the Tron ride, do. So what we're saying, though, is that Tron, one of their stages in their roadmap, actually has to deal with uh, becoming a media content provider. But what they mean by this is that do you take your podcast. Well, if your podcast is popular enough, you could actually launch the Ryan Horgan uh, podcast coin. Right. right. 
to- token RHC dash TRX or whatever. So you got the, the Ryan Horrigan coin. And now anytime somebody wants to use material that you've created, they have to pay into your token. So you've actually created real value for your name and for yourself. And this way individuals can prevent their content from being stolen and they could, they could track whether or not did this person actually pay to use my content. I love it. They did not send you that. enough. And it, it's amazing. And so that's one yeah, of the it's, big – it's the way uh, it should be, isn't it? Like if, you're, if yeah, you generate it's content, amazing. shouldn't you have the responsibility for, you know, what that entails, whether it be reward, risk, you know, consequence? Like I think that that's, that's all positive. I think that our, our you know, our – like, like kids, like I, this is such a great segue too, because it goes back to the philosophical side of why this is a revolution. Like our, like your kids, my future kids will have their whole lives be digital. Absolutely. It's, 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 they're, they're on there. They're looking at, you know, other people's digital lives. They're, they're no, they're knowledgeable that, you know, items that they wear are wearable tech that there's, you know, everything, there's so many digital things that are now coming into these kids' lives. And, and, and Drew did talk about this a little bit on his podcast as well, too, for, for a sweet plug for the, the altcoin fool. But I just think it's such a big concept, Drew, that, like, we can't talk about it enough. Like, this, this, this aspect of value trade, like, is a nine-year-old's artwork worth something of tangible value? I say yes. And I think digital currencies will help ascribe that. I, I agree. All right, Ryan, you're going to have to edit this out. I got to go. I got to be gone for about two minutes and I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Cool deal. All right. So yeah, we are on a stream on air. I would say probably only about 15 minutes left or so is what I shot for the first episode to be about an hour. Um, it is a little unstructured at this point, but really a revolution is unstructured because it's coming at so many different angles, I feel like. So for me, seeing how we can discuss and kind of grow into different topics to further expand how our influence, and each one of us does have that sphere of influence in our clockwork of relationships, I hope that this uh, series and episodes of, of information regarding the blockchain and, and crypto assets and, and somewhat of a, of a libertarian slash uh, voluntarism uh, approach to understanding the higher philosophic principles behind why this is happening will help each one of us kind of gain some insight into whether we adopt it, how we adopt it, how we um, suggest that others adopt it. So I, I truly want to affect um, daily life by educating youth and anyone who's willing to listen about blockchain and, and the revolution that it, it is bringing. Um, I think that everything from healthcare to public education to, you know, the DMV, like Drew was saying in Estonia, there's a lot of places we could probably use a reevaluation of our processes. And the blockchain has proven with certain abilities like smart contracts, which we'll expand upon in further episodes, but for a high level, 
they're just executable if-thens. So if something happens, then this happens. Or, you know, programmable, um, executable files that will be on a ledger that will be contained immutably in blocks, which are essentially just computers running redundant amounts of information over and over across a distributed network. So they're distributed as well, these machines. And that provides us a security for those records or that ledger. And that ledger can be containing, like I said, executable files and even some things that might be um, beyond our, 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 our conception right now when it's concerning how a hyperledger could learn, I think, or how a hyperledger could break down analytical data the same way now that some of our, you know, big machines do for some of our more complicated um, analytical breakdowns when it comes to, you know, hospitals, you know, and, and them centrifuging, you know, big, large strings of data, such as maybe uh, visualizing a DNA string and, and computing that out. Um, the blockchain will essentially be the DNA of digital worlds, um, be it, you wow. know, the digitization of, yeah, so Drew sounds like he's back too, but I'm just kind of going philosophical, Drew, that I really feel like the, the, the blockchain, the blockchain's of our future will contain, you know, such important data to daily life that you will have your node as much as you have a personal laptop now, or as the way you have your cell phone now, you will, your blockchain will be run on a, a personal device in your pocket is what, the way I see it. Yeah, much like you have a wallet right now for, for containing things that are on the blockchain. Right. So and then you have yeah. a, you had a cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a phone now that contains all their personal data, and then pretty soon it'll be your facial recognition will be your password, and then your you know your vocal recognition and your your fingerprint. And then I heard that recently that ear fingerprints, the ear prints are the most unique in the world. I don't know if it's true or not, but essentially th- those are going to be your access codes to get in to manage your piece of blockchain, right? Right. Your block yeah, for okay. you or your your and then that, and then basically everything that you have will be be able to be personally managed, whether it's your healthcare, your your you know, driver's license registration, your money, you know what what you what. And I don't want to say what stocks you've invested in, but it's you know what what coins you're into. What what I love is uh, Steam it. I I don't really use it a whole lot. I try to, but the I'm starting to. I just you, created a profile there. I'm I'm on board with you here. Okay. So if you use if you use a uh, if you generate content for Steemit and it it goes viral, they pay you money. Yeah. Like Facebook, yeah. If, you make, if you make something that you get a million views, Facebook only shares with you, or Google shares with you, or YouTube, they share with you just a very very tiny amount of actual revenue. I mean, it's oh, compared to what they're making, it's just it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I love the whole idea of getting paid for the content that you generate socially. I love that too. And I think that that's valuable. I think that teaches uh, people value rather than just, you know, uh, time wasting, which I feel like sometimes 
I've found the rabbit hole of Facebook to be just that, you know, and, and Facebook's not paying me for that. They're, they're getting paid for that. I'm providing them things that they are able to capture eyeballs with and their captured eyeballs then are being monetized. So um, if, if our eyeballs are going to be monetized, then I say we um, give credit where credit is due instead of making more billionaires uh, richer with the fact that uh, it's our content that is doing it for them. So when it comes down to that aspect, I love Steemit. I'm going to be on it as well too. Look for um, the blockchain revolution to be on Steemit. Is, um, I think the altcoin full already is. So if you are a Steemit person, then go on there. But let's say like we're, yeah. we're talking to like a baby boomer that's like tech savvy, Drew. Let's say that they have a smartphone. You know, they're like, hey, I've heard of like Apple Pay or Android Google Pay. Um, why don't, that's like paying on my phone. Like, why wouldn't I just be using that instead of this like Bitcoin stuff that you pay on your phone too, or you can use on your phone as a digital payment? Like, what, what's the difference in your eyes, Drew? Well, the difference in my eyes is uh, who is the person that you're entrusting to be responsible with your money. So for every year that you have your dollar, your U.S. dollar, you're losing 2% a year due to inflation and other, uh, other issues. So if you want to have control of your money, then you'll put your money in places that are, you believe, because you've looked at the tech or you've looked at whatever, the, the team or the timeline or whatever, and you actually will say, oh, I'd, I'd rather have my money in this because I believe that this person is going to – this company is doing a better job with making currency better than the U.S. government is doing at keeping my currency better. I mean, where do you want to store your currency? You know, for the last eight years, storing your currency in Bitcoin, like just as like a standard, oh, I'm just going to keep my currency in Bitcoin. Like you would have gone through a pretty rough patch there in 2015 or 14. But overall, I'm sorry, but the, the digital currency world has been much more effective at yeah. growth and all that than, than, than the U.S. dollar. So what's the difference between Apple Pay is, well, where do you want your money stored? Not to mention the fact that while your dollar is uh, going down by 2% a year, every transaction you make decreases by 3.5%, whether it's from the right. person you buy it for paying the transaction fee or you paying right. the credit card transaction. Like when you go to a gas station, they're like $3.50 for a gallon of gas in California if you pay with a card, but it's 3.75 per gallon if you pay with a uh, or, or, or with, yep. with a credit card, yeah. versus 350 with cash. So, cash. Yep. Yeah. So once again, like to me, it's all like, eh, why? I just I want to I want to get off of using my U.S. dollar as fast as possible. Yeah. 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 I couldn't I'm agree more. I'm just tired I of using. Think, do- I'm just tired of using dollars. Yeah, I think I it's like clear slow. to everyone that like the, you know, that the deflationary, uh, that the way that inflation has caused the, de- the U.S. dollar to deflate um, is, is, is that our dad's dollar was worth more than our dollar. How in the heck that, you know, we could get by this long with creating, you know, a government that essentially is allowed to print money and, and base its, its government, you know, standardization off of having more debt than, you know, than, than what, than what you're essentially like creating an economy and, and it's, it's reflective in people with the amount of debt we have as individuals in, in America, 
that that like a government that owes another government trillions of dollars, like you know China, like to is all a, a system that is rigged. Like we know that it's not like real money. It's just a like monopoly of sorts that's based on real lives and real people. And to me, it's it goes back to that philosophical level because it's somewhat upsetting that like we're having modern day slavery through the control of monetary value because our almighty no. American dollar is so high that the, the worker in India or China that is getting paid cents on the hour for their work and their currency there is not worth as much. And so their value exchange globally, they're not getting paid the value for the same type of service they could be putting in because of a monetary system. And I think it's Yeah. Well, there you go. Man. Yeah. You know, ever since the Fed was created in 1913, it's been all downhill since then. Yeah, the buck stopped here, and um, it created quite a stir of economic um, downfall. I think till now, this is the way out. So, if you're thinking, what is the way out? How how this you know, governments aren't going away. Um, the you know, force of America, and as uh, Roger would call them, the the, the costumes with guns um, using. The, the dictative power of, of force, um, or you know, fraud through the taxation, I guess is the other view there. And so I think taxes. Uh, I'm okay with you know my roads and stuff like that, and nonetheless, I I, I think there is a way out through digital currency, and I think that it will take global um, economics, and I think that we will have to recognize that, and and maybe as America's, you know, superpower status, we have to take a hit there. I think that will be better for billions of people around the world that are affected by this and that are living in um, what us in America have as the wealthiest part or even, you know, Europe and some of the wealthier countries of the world, a lopsided economic holding of value. And I think that economic holding where the rich get richer and, you know, we have, we have keep having more to start changing. And this technology right here will put it in the hands of people that can grab it, hold it, use it, and exchange on it and get their value back out of an economic. That sounds kind of crazy Boom. or does that sound pretty fun? No, that sounds that sounds good. I gotta get rolling here, and I, I'm, I'm gonna leave you with this last thing: Viva la Revolution, brother! Like Viva, Viva la Revolution! And we'll shoot off our digital guns in the wild, wild west of crypto and blockchain. And with that, folks, um, I appreciate you joining, Drew. Um, I think we still had a four minutes to spare, just under an hour, but perfect timing. Uh, love you all. Big ups. Keep looking into the blockchain revolution and peace out till next time.